welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to, first of all, just thank the staff and the volunteers. Uh, There's a lot of work that's gone into today, and uh, just everything that's here. uh, If you'll check out the website at graceofbelair.com and then go to Get in the Game, I just think it's absolutely uh, terrific how they've arranged that whole thing, and um, we believe that the Lord's going to honor today. I want to... uh, uh, share with you uh, today from the book of First Peter chapter 4 about what the Lord instructs us in these days that we live. And Peter was writing to a church that was marginalized. Uh, they were living on the edge. They're living in some uncertain times. And he gave them God's game plan for them. But first I want to just tell you a story that's very real to me. Um, I, uh, I love sports. How many, how many, who else loves sports? I mean, I just, yeah, absolutely. Uh, part of my Sunday routine is uh, going to church and, but then just going home and chilling and watching the Ravens. And uh, I'm looking forward to it this year. I, I think they've, they've got a really a top-notch team. They're talking serious Super Bowl contenders, so I'm, I'm surely hoping. But ever since I've been a little kid, I've, I've always enjoyed and sports. However, we grew up in the state of Maine, and where we lived out in the country, there was, the township was 100 square miles, and there were 600 people in the whole 100 square miles. How many know that's not very many? Six people per square mile. And, uh, and my grandfather would listen to the Boston Red Sox and as he was milking the cows, and this was in the late 1950s, and I can vividly remember when they disappointed him, which was quite often, and there was, a, there was an old dust-covered radio up on the side of the barn wall where he milked the cows, and if they did something to lose it in the bottom of the ninth, he would just as likely throw a milk pail at the radio, and, and that, he was really serious about it. So I, I sort of picked up this love for baseball, um, but there were no other teams where we were. There were no organized sports at all. And so uh, my dad uh, fashioned a homemade bat for me out of a piece of uh, two-by-four or something. I just thought it was the most terrific thing in the world. And, but there's no one to play with. And so he bought me one of those throwback things. And how many of you know what I'm talking about, the throwback things? And I'd play for that by myself. Um, and what surrounded the parsonage was just acres and acres of cow pastures. And the only fans in the stand were the cows. That's all that was there. And then he'd come home, and I'd beg him to play some more. And then I'll never forget, one day he brought home, he'd been over to what they called, I believe it was called Elephant Mart, not Kmart, but Elephant Mart, and he brought home a, a real baseball bat to me. I just thought, oh my goodness, I was, 
Mickey Mantle and Carl Yastrzemski and everything rolled up into one. We'd go to school. I enjoyed going in the fall and then the spring. Uh, at least in the fall, we could play baseball. But we only had one bat for the whole school and a bunch of raggedy balls. And you'd play at the lunchtime. There were no playground, no ball field, no basketball hoops. In fact, believe it or not, I, the only basketball hoops I ever saw was inside of a barn because that's where we played basketball. The only football I saw until we moved to Pennsylvania was once. It was a deflated football, and I didn't even know what it was. So we moved to Pennsylvania. I was nine and a half years old. It was in December. I distinctly remember it. And um, I went up to the local elementary school, checking it out. It was going to be my elementary school. And the school had a playground, a playground. It had basketball court, it had swings and slides, but most of all, it had a baseball diamond with bases and a pitcher's mound and a backstop. And, I, and then my friends told me that, they said, there's a thing they call Little League. Never heard of Little League. I said, what did they said? You get on a team and you can play. We've got coaches and everything else. And I could hardly wait till that spring and I went out for the team and my parents bought me my first baseball glove, and I slept with the baseball glove. No one, could, no one could come near that glove. It was mine, and it was one of those really high-quality ones that they bought at a place called Grant's. How many of you remember a place called Grant's? Yeah, that wasn't your high-end sporting goods store. But I, was, I got on the team. I made the Little League, and I got my first uniform, and... And, I, I, you know, I've often referred to myself that all my friends wore slims and regulars, and I wore huskies. That was who I was. But I was fairly strong, and I got up to bat. I was not even 10 years old, and I'll never forget that hit. It's one of the most unforgettable moments of my life. I barreled up on that and hit a sharp line drive to left field, and I, and I ran to first base, and I was safe. And... Um, I just meant everything to me. But here's some things that I've learned about sports over the year. Went on to play some other sports. Never could say that I was outstanding, but I just had a real desire for it. But there's no I in team. And that championships are won on the practice field, not the championship game. And that practice makes progress. There's no champions without involvement. I've learned that friends on the team can get really tight with each other and that only by playing can you develop the skills that you need to become really good at your sport. I've learned that a coach will make you better. If you're part of a team, and you're engaged with that, they'll pick you up. As long as you're trying, even if you make a bad mistake, if you're trying, they're going to pick you up. They're not going to put you down because of it. And that there's no greater thrill than winning and celebrating together with your teammates. Teamwork makes the dream work. And in the work of Jesus Christ, in the church, teamwork makes the dream work.
There's no I in team. If you've ever been part of a sports team or just any other team, and you're online this morning, if you would, just put in the comments, put the name of your team. It might be baseball or it might be hockey. As I was talking with several people this morning, I know uh, there are some that are here that I've talked with their track and field, their hockey, their baseball, their basketball. We've got a number of golfers. But just put in the comments, let's see how many different teams that we can come up with this morning, the team that you have been on. Well, the background of this is found in 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. I want to read this uh, with you right now. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a specific gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as the one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God, may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And could you say amen with me? To him belong the glory, the power, and the dominion forever and ever and ever. Church, God is glorified through Jesus Christ and his church, you and myself, the body of Christ. God is glorified as we pray, as we love, as we're hospitable, and as we serve one another as stewards of the manifold grace of God. So this is God's game plan. In these days that we live, Peter said, the end of all things is near. The prophets have always heard things from God and some would scoff and say, well, God didn't come then, so he must not be going to come. No, they see things from afar, but they don't have a time. The end of all things is near. God has given us a wonderful future right now to be about our Father's business. The first thing that Peter said, and I want to share with you in these days that we live, I want you to listen to this, is to pray. Pray. Discipline yourself for prayer. It's the spiritual weight room and it's the film study. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, Paul wrote, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the game exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. I want to encourage you today, and by God's word, church, let's commit ourselves to pray. It's the spiritual weight room. You might say, Pastor Paul, it's boring. All I can say is you've not done enough of it then. 
Is there an ouch or an amen? If praying to our Heavenly Father in the strong name of Jesus Christ is boring, wow. God's Word says pray. Discipline ourselves for prayer in the day that we live. Prayer is that desire for God. It's that hunger and thirst for God in your life. Uh, Hollywood Henderson. How many remember Hollywood Henderson? This will tell, give your age away. Yeah. He was a great ball player that they had Hall of Fame talent. But he played for a guy by the name of Tom Landry. How many remember Tom Landry? Great coach of the Cowboys. One of the best coaches of all time. A devout Christian. Hollywood Henderson. His, his talent was off the charts, but he couldn't get his head in the game. And you know what he's mostly known for? Some of you might recall this, that during a very important game, Hollywood Henderson, one of the reasons they call him Hollywood, he's panning before the camera like this, carrying on, and it so infuriated Tom Landry that he suspended him for the rest of the season, right? And he never played another game for the Cowboys, and he never did make it to the Hall of Fame. I just want to encourage you, you and I have an opportunity to pray in these days. Let's, let's get our head in the game. God has a new experience for us. Hosea 6.3 says this, that let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring watering the earth. Yesterday, I had the privilege of meeting with, my wife and I did, with John and Amaris Maziot. John and Amaris are, um, John is a product of grace. Uh, God called him to the ministry. He's on the eastern shore. Um, he's with Pastor Richard Bradford, just a wonderful, wise brother of the Lord. And they're just beaming. The lower eastern shore, for some people, would be missionary territory. Um, in fact, Amaris, who is from, uh, from the urban area, uh, Puerto Rican, from the urban area, that infectious smile, and she said, Pastor Paul, when I came to Bel Air to visit John, I said, Bel Air is Hicksville. There's more cows in Harford County than there is people. She said, now we're in the eastern shore, and it really is true. Now coming to Bel Air seems like the big city lights to us. And so they're up enjoying the day, but they wanted to meet. And I'm going to tell you, folks, God has a new thing as we press forward to know, to know the Lord. They have pressed in, and they begin to tell me about what God is doing and the people and kids that are being saved. People and adults are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're hearing the message of what it means, and they're just absolutely beaming. God has a new thing for you and for us as we press on. The second thing that Peter wrote is this, relationships. He said, above all, above all else, above everything, love. Focus on connecting and loving. He said, remain fervent in love in this day, these days. I understand the spirit of this age is for us to be on this all the time, all the time. 
It's like we're addicted. This is like a magnet. It draws us forward. I was at a, a place this morning. I won't mention the won't mention the name. I was getting something for that. I stopped in the drive-through window, took the order. I pulled up. It was unbelievable. The young person was on their cell phone. Right. This is the one that took my who was going to give me it, and was on their cell phone until the order came through. Then they finished up the conversation, put their cell phone down, and handed me the box of whatever it was. And I thought, this is sort of the world we live in. But this is what God has for you and for me. Keep fervent in love during these times. Above all else, love people. There's nothing like it. Christianity, I like to say, is meant to be a contact sport because we need each other. When Chris and I were going together and we're at Southeastern Bible College, uh, now Southeastern University. Um, she would go home for the summer, go home for winter break. That was after I, I really was falling hard for her. And I'd write letters to her. And I've decided a long time ago, you know, letters are nice and love letters are good, but there's nothing like the real thing. How many know what I'm talking about? There's nothing like being with somebody. When it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, we're so grateful that we, can, that we can have online and we can stream our services, Facebook or website, wherever you're watching today. And if you're grateful, you can just make a comment and say, yes, I'm glad I can view this. But I, I want to encourage you during this time that this is the time to press forward. This is the time to connect with people, even if you can't come. To our gatherings, you can text, you can email, you can pick up the phone. You can stay connected rather than being isolated from people, and God will use you in that. Be part of a community. Today we have small groups, and uh, there's a booklet here that you're welcome to get. If you want one during uh, the end, you can raise your hand. Someone will give it to you. You can go online, as I mentioned. You can sign up that way. This week you can call the church. We'll direct you to where you need to go. But community blesses us. It makes us better. It makes us not only better, but it prevents us from becoming bitter. Community that loves one another is able to forgive more quickly when little things arise. It's the antidote to a toxic environment and creates an environment for love and for life to thrive and to grow. The get in the game. Today, the purpose is to hear God's word to encourage us, but also, also to exhort us to get in the game, to be connected. Peter wrote, practice hospitality without grumbling. I, I want to, I just want to encourage you this way. I've, I've heard people say to me, they said, um, no one's ever invited me to their house. Well, do you live in a house? Invite someone to your house. You say, Pastor, you, you don't understand. I don't know that I have a nice house. Well, could you afford hot dogs? If you invite me, I sort of like all beef, but if you invite me, uh, chicken dog is fine. You put enough mustard on it, it covers up everything, all right? Just, 
just being honored if you invite someone to your house that means so much to them. You don't have to have a mansion. All you need is a smile and an open heart. Invite someone to your house. Our small groups before COVID were, uh, so many were house-based. We still have some that are house-based. They practice social distancing, and uh, they'll make it possible for you. For instance, uh, our home is open every Friday morning. There's knitted together, and uh, they, uh, and, and they it, it's a great group of seasoned saints, if you would, but they do projects uh, to bless hospitals and people, prayer shawls, things like that. But they have about half to two-thirds of the attendance in person. They social distance. But then uh, we just got something from Amazon. I said to Chris, what's this Amazon? I didn't order anything from Amazon. And she said, it's, it's sort of like a mic stand. I said, what's that for? She said, for my laptop, so we can have a Zoom meeting. So sure enough, we've got a permanent fixture in the living room. The laptop is there on Friday morning. It's on so people can join by Zoom. And those that can't come out because they're immunocompromised or whatever the situation, they can be part of it. But the deal is they're staying connected with each other. Join a small group and be part of that. Get in the game. You don't have to ride the bench. You don't have to sulk. Jesus said, I've chosen you that you would go forth and bear fruit. He's chosen you and me to be on his team. He's chosen us, and that's John 15, to be part of a, like a cluster of grapes that's nourishing and feeding each other. The third thing I want to share with you is this. Serve. Use whatever gift that God gives. We have a privilege of using our gifts to help minister God's grace to other people. I'd like you right now to put in the comments someone that has ministered to you in your life that made a difference in your life. Would you do that right now? All you have, you can their first name or, or first and last name, whatever you want. I think of some, I think of many, many people that have helped me times when I didn't know quite where to turn, what to do, and they've walked with me. This morning, this morning I, uh, I, I, was just, I was in prayer, just believing God for a great service today, and out of nowhere, what came to my mind was all the, the young adults and now older adults that are in ministry that have come through the ministries of grace, and I texted about 16 of them just said, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. We're so proud of you. We're so grateful for you. And then I started thinking about the young adults and what God is doing in the lives of the young adults. And that's all because you, so many have chosen to serve somebody. When I was in a, uh, in a course of study for... Uh, for a, just an a, a advanced degree. I'll never forget, there was uh, three of us, four of us that would rent a place together, and uh, we became really good friends. One of them is the superintendent of the district, Kansas district, great brother in the Lord. And 
there was there was always three bedrooms with double beds or queen beds, but ladies don't seem to mind sleeping with each other. Guys, we don't even want to be in the same bed with another guy. Now, I'm just telling you that's just the way it is. But you know what really impressed me? The highest-ranking guy in that group, he would always choose the couch to sleep on. And I'd say, Terry, Yancey, hey, you can have my room, man. I don't need it. All the rooms had their own bathrooms. He had to share someone else's bathroom. This is a guy that in our organization, I mean, he's, he's there. He's up there. And he's even received a promotion after that. But he's the one that slept on the couch. Now, I have to say, it really impressed me. Made me feel a little guilty, but I sure did sleep good, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but serve. Everyone has a gift from God. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 15, and 16, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up into all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. If you will commit to serving, and as you go on the website, you go... Um, and there's a text that's going out to you with the link, how to get there. There's opportunities to serve in a small group. There's opportunities to be part, to be ministered to in a small group, whether it's through, whether it's through Bible study. We have those that are serving. We have groups that are praying. We have groups that for men, groups that are for women. Ministry serving makes you strong better and full of faith it's good in every way exercise yesterday morning my wife and i chris we took a walk and she called her brother who's been in the hospital for several days now and had had a gall emergency gallbladder surgery and his body went into shock and his bodily functions aren't working the way they should be you know what the antidote is they told him they're giving him all kinds of water, but walk, 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 and more walk because it gets things going. Are you stuck in your, you, you feel stuck in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? Serve. Everything will get moving. You'll be surprised how good that you will feel. And then finally, in verse 11, Peter ends up with this, that God receives the glory through Jesus Christ. Your brothers and your sisters are strengthened. You receive the crown of life. And he put it this way. Whoever speaks is to do so as the one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as the one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to have the band come if they would right now. What a privilege that we have to serve and to love, to pray, so that God can receive all the glory. When you pray, 
would you ask the Lord to increase your capacity and our capacity as a church so that God can receive all the glory. I want to pray for you right now. If would you just bow your heads. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray, Lord, that you would help each one of us to bring you all the glory in these days that we live. There's so much going on. There's fear. There's confusion. There's a spirit of lawlessness. And yet, Lord, you've called your church a city set on a hill. You've called us to good works that men may see our Heavenly Father in heaven and glorify Him. Lord, you've called us to love fervently above all else, to be hospitable, to be connected together, to get in the game, to pray, to love, be hospitable, to serve. I pray, Lord, that you would increase our capacity so that you can receive the glory through grace, assembly of God, and in our individual lives over and over and over. Lord, just cascading and gaining more momentum and more momentum. I pray, Lord, that what you've allowed us to experience is only the beginning of what you have for us as we embrace this and walk into the future. I thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. I want to ask I want to ask one other thing. First of all, I'm going to have the prayer teams come. If they just come right over here to my right and to your left. If you're here today and you want someone to pray for you, they'll come and, and they will pray for you. But the second thing is they're moving to their prayer stations. If you're here today and you want to be on the Lord's team, you want to, you want to know that He's your Savior, that He can forgive your sin. You want to erase all doubt. And today you want to cross that line of faith and place your trust in Him. If that's you, if that's you, I'm going to also ask you to come forward. You just take a step. Would you stand with me this morning? And if you want prayer, if you want someone to pray, you want to say, yes, I want to receive the Lord as my Savior, you come also. The band will lead us. The Lord bless you. And at the end of, at the end of this, uh, right now we're transitioning into a prayer time. There's hosts on our website and on Facebook. But if you have a prayer request, they'll pray with you. And then please take advantage. Uh, you all love the fellowship. We've got some games. We've got water. We've got all that. Just hang around. But let's take care of this part of the Lord's business. God bless you today.